Welcome back to the Friday Five. Very good to be back here with you for my weekly look into the world of well-being. And it's always interesting to be able to talk about new and topical things that have been catching my eye in regards to our overall wellness. And lots of chat, it has to be said, this week, particularly on my Instagram and Facebook all about vitamins and minerals and supplements and what we should take. I actually put up a little video showing my vitamin shelfie, get it? Uh, And that had a huge response. People saying, oh my goodness, do you really take all this stuff all the time? Well, you know, to be honest, not all the time, no, but mostly, yes, very specific things that I take, which I will talk a little bit about in just a sec. And I've learned over the years, actually, that there are a few key nutrients that do really help to keep me well. And this week, I was back on this morning again with Holly and Phil this time, back from the half-term break, talking about which food supplements can be useful. I think they were particularly interested in some of the ones that are being promoted for things like hair and nails. So I was trying to look at which ones were good and which ones perhaps not so much. And just to frame this, I guess, with a little bit of context for you, uh, for those of you who don't know, I actually started off my career writing about health and beauty and well-being some 35 years ago. And my very first book, Vital Oils, was all about oils in the diet. So it was a nutrition book. And that was actually published 30 years ago this year. So writing about nutrition and about supplements in particular has really been my bag, if you like, for decades. And I know many listeners will think, oh, my goodness, I thought she just made face cream. You know, that was just a very small part of my career overall. And as many of you know, I have no connection at all with the beauty company now. And certainly for the last five years or so, I've totally immersed myself back into the world of wellness and well-being with my magazine and obviously my podcast here and books and and all of that. So having the opportunity to go back and research more for my books, to investigate and interview and connect with so many academics and researchers, which I do here on my podcast, has been a real privilege and a real pleasure. And I think back in the day when I first started looking at vitamins, I thought, what an amazing invention. You know, it doesn't really matter what we eat. We can just top up with a multivitamin and multimineral and all will be well. Well, that was the view, I think, 30, 40 years ago. And to a certain extent, I think maybe still is in some cases. That's certainly not where I am now. I quite quickly moved away from that and also, I mean, almost became anti-vitamin, not anti certain things but you know anti-supplements in general I thought well we can get it all from our diet you know we just need to eat well and not be lazy cook from scratch eat seasonally and it will be fine I now the pendulum has swung back not entirely the other way but I now believe that there are certain things that we do need to supplement with that we don't get from our diet And many factors can be involved here. And I'm going to be talking more in in the weeks and months to come about this because it's such an important area for our health and well-being. Just a couple of examples. We are now in the UK in the middle of our winter. We are not getting as much seasonal fruit and veg, perhaps, as we did. A lot of the seasonal fruit and veg um, that is out of season, that's on the supermarket shelves, has been in cold storage for many months. It might have been shipped across continents 
I bought some delicious organic broccoli the other day from a supermarket. And when I looked at the label, when I got it home, it was produced and packed in southern Spain. So it's obviously got a lot of food miles there. It's it's come in a refrigerator container across countries. It's maybe sat on docksides for a while. Um, it might have been flown in, but unlikely because it's a low cost item. And it may well have been uh, subjected to cold storage for a while. And that will, of course, reduce its nutritional content. So where, as we say, well, bro broccoli is full of vitamins. It's very good. And, you know, it contains X amount per 100 grams. Well, yeah, it might do. Uh, particularly if it's homegrown or it's seasonal or it's local and it's freshly picked and you've just eaten it that day. But there again, it might not. So I think there are lots of reasons why our food may not be as nutritious as we think it is in the first place. Also, the type of soil that it's grown in. We know that intensive agriculture depletes nutrients in the soil. And just as you know, we are what we eat, we are also what our food has eaten in the broadest sense. So if you look at, for example, an egg, it's going to be as nutritionally as good as the food that the chicken has eaten to create that egg. And if you look at our crops, they are going to be as nutritiously dense as the soil they were grown in. And we know that there are things like iodine deficiencies coming into the country because of the depletion of the nutrients in our soil through intensive agriculture. So that's another big story. Obviously, anybody who listened to my podcast that I recorded at the end of last year with Patrick Holden, who runs the Sustainable Food Trust, will be well across this. And that's that's a really good listen, actually, if you fancy something for the weekend. So getting back to supplements, you know, what is useful? Certainly, I mentioned iodine there. That is uh, a really important supplement, particularly for young women, really important during pregnancy, really important to help prevent certain birth defects. We tend to find it, well, its richest source actually is seaweed. So, I mean, if you're a big sushi eater, then, you know, you're laughing because you're going to be full of iodine from all the, the nori and the kelp and the wakame that you're eating. But those aren't everyday foods. It, traditionally, we find it in things like milk, and dairy products, but if you are cutting those out of your diet, then you could potentially be running the risk of having low levels of iodine. And that tends to affect more young women who are perhaps switching to, to plant-based milks. I don't like to call them milks because they're not milks, really. They're just sort of white waters happen to be made out of soya or almonds or whatever. Um, and they may be synthetically fortified or they may not. So that's something else to watch out for on the pack. So it's quite a big area to discuss and for me back on this morning trying to condense it all into just a few minutes was was really hard but hopefully I managed to give a little bit of information and the supplements that I talked about that I do take bottom line I do take vitamin d particularly at this time of year I do take zinc and I give that to my children I do take b complex vitamins I also take magnesium and this is something that we've talked about on this show quite a bit before magnesium being so incredibly helpful for sleep and anxiety and I also was reminded to look at micro minerals like selenium and selenium again is one of those minerals that's being lost from our soils and whereas we used to get it you know naturally occurring in our diet through the crops that we were eating now the soil is containing very much lower levels but you can find really simple hack if you get a bag of Brazil nuts and eat a Brazil nut every day, you will be getting more than your daily allowance of selenium. So that's a really simple, healthy thing that means that you don't have to be topping up with 
a supplement, but just eating good quality foods. Well, I'm always really keen to hear about the link with good health and good nutrition. And one of the other areas, of course, that I talk about a lot is gut health and probiotics. And that's something else that we can have through our food. You know, I, I make a lot of kefir and plain live yogurt, which is really good. But there are other specific strains that can be helpful that we find in probiotics. And I started this conversation actually on YouTube a few weeks ago when I started to look at things like vaginal infections, vaginal atrophy, and connecting that with lower hormone levels and also changes in our gut health. And I think there's a really helpful connection here to make between gut health, women's health, and something that, to be honest, we don't really talk very much about hormone and vaginal health. And it's such an important topic. It's little discussed. But I hope that the following chats that I'm about to have here on this podcast will help lots of women who may currently be suffering from vaginal health problems. And the more we talk and discuss these topics, the more educated and the more empowered we can be about our overall health and well-being. So to chat more specifically about this, I have invited Claire Foss here onto my podcast. Claire is a resident nutritional therapist. She is a female and hormone specialist at Optibac Probiotics. These are one of the most highly researched probiotic brands and certainly ones that I look to include in my own healthcare regime. I have done so for many years. So they're a brand that I respect and I trust. Now we did have some problems with the audio on this recording. Claire's microphone drops out at a couple of points, but my lovely sound engineer, Harry, has done his best to boost the volume. And I do hope that it doesn't detract too much from the pearls of well-being wisdom that Claire has to share. So let's hear from Claire right now. So Claire, thank you so much for joining me on my little podcast here. You know, the gut health area is such an fascination for so many of my listeners particularly midlife women and the kind of the changes that go on in our microbiome at this time I think it'd be probably quite helpful just to talk a little bit about your background and the areas that you specialize in with your work yeah of course so hi Liz and thank you for inviting me onto your pod so I work at Optibac and we're a UK brand that specializes in friendly bacteria and has been formulating supplements now for nearly 20 years and I'm one of their friendly bacteria specialists and my main area of expertise is in vaginal and hormonal health so just in case anyone isn't sure what friendly bacteria or probiotics are they are specific live bacteria that have been shown to be beneficial to health in humans which can help to support everything from vaginal gut to immune and on to skin health as well. So I do that part of the week and then the rest of the week I run my own practice which is called FOSS Nutrition and I work specifically with perimenopausal women who I support through diet and lifestyle with my four pillar signature program. So we look at food, we look at outside and offline, we look at sleep and we look at stress because these are all factors that are essential for good health and well-being. Definitely. I mean, we yeah. know that um, so much of these factors like sleep and stress affect our gut, don't they? I mean, this is just an extraordinary discovery, I think, in, in recent years. And I think when we're looking particularly for women and the link with hormonal health, how have you found that what we eat, you know, food and probiotics in particular, affect how we feel? Yeah, so um, what we eat, 
massive impact on how we think and feel. So certain trigger foods may exacerbate hormonal symptoms. Um, these foods include things like sugar, processed foods, so I'm thinking kind of things like crisps, biscuits and cakes, alcohol and caffeine. And these foods also have a direct impact on our gut microbiome, which is also known as our gut flora. So our, di our diet choices really have the capacity to impact both our hormone health and our gut health. And this then affects how we think, act and feel. Yeah, no, I, I was just thinking it, it's interesting that, you know, we've talked a lot in the past, or at least I've talked a lot in the past here about how probiotics are beneficial. You know, I think the other side of that coin is we don't often think about how the food that we have and the food choices that we make actually can have a negative effect. You know, things yeah. like alcohol and all those fast foods, those comfort eating foods, perhaps that we're tucking into a little bit more during lockdown. Yeah, Why definitely. do they have a negative effect on our gut? Well, I think a really simple example is how blood sugar can be affected by the consumption of sugar. So when we eat sugar, that really makes our blood sugar blood sugar levels fluctuate and this can result in things such as poor energy poor sleep anxiety and mood swings but it also affects our digestive system because sugar can be really inflammatory and this then can lead on to digestive problems hormonal problems and vaginal imbalance so a lovely analogy I like is to think of your gut as like a garden with grass flowers and weeds and our gut flora garden contains both good and bad bacteria so think of the flowers and the grass as the good bacteria and the weeds as the bad bacteria and unfortunately something like sugar feeds the weeds which means that we end up with more weeds than flowers right and yeah so uh, you know our gut flora is constantly working to maintain optimal digestive health for us and we want the grass green the flowers blooming and you know not too many weeds but, you know, we're all individual and there'll be a, there'll be a balance of good, bad bacteria in all of us. So it's not we want, you know, all good, all bad. We want a balance. We're all individuals at the end of the day. And what I always say is our gut flora is as unique as our fingerprint. I think that's a really helpful analogy. I love that, the the, the garden and the flowers and the weeds. Yeah. Uh, you know, as any keen gardener knows, every garden has weeds. And you need to keep on top of them. And I think, you know, yeah. if we are making choices, yes, of course, you can have that piece of cake. And, you know, we're not saying never have it, but just be aware that you might need to do a bit of weeding afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And there's also, you know, now there's loads of different types of cake. So, you know, years ago, you could just buy a cake and it might be flour, sugar, eggs. But you can make loads of things now with, you know, with like ground almonds and they taste just as delicious like as like the the cakes that you know that I used to have you know 20 years ago so you can really influence you know even the the naughty treat yes that's really interesting isn't it and I think you know adding more ingredients we know that our gut bugs love diversity so adding things like grated beetroot or grated carrot like into carrot cake these are all helpful forms of fiber aren't they that actually help to feed the good gut bugs it doesn't have to be just a mixture of flour and sugar in your cake yeah, absolutely. So I also say a whole food natural diet 
for when I'm talking to my clients can really help support both hormone and gut health. And if anyone isn't sure what I mean by a whole food diet, there's really three key aspects to it. So the first one, you're right, is fiber. So that includes all vegetables and fruits and some whole grains, things like oats, brown rice and quinoa. The second would be, you know, healthy fats. So this includes the oily fish. So a great acronym is SMASH, which is salmon, mackerel, anchovy, sardines and herring. Um, Love they're that. not everyone's yeah, yeah they're that's not everyone's great I'm definitely going to be using that smash the fish yeah. that's brilliant yeah absolutely it's just so what's that salmon remember, mackerel anchovies. anchovies sardines and herring but if you're not keen on those and I appreciate they are a you know maybe salmon more generic but the other ones are an acquired taste you can fill up on avocados nut seed extra virgin olive oil and the third um Thing to consider is good quality lean protein so i'm thinking organic lean meats eggs you know fish full fat dairy tofu edamame beans pulses nut butters and chia seeds and the reason why eating well helps support both gut and hormone health is because we're feeding the flowers and grass in our gut flora garden and the nutrients are being supplied to these and that means that they can live and thrive so it's you know, eating a, a, a whole food diet is just so important. But what you can also do is you can add a probiotic in alongside this healthy diet and lifestyle. And this almost adds a whole new level to your health and well-being. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a really great way of remembering it, actually. And I think in addition to the foods that you've talked about, you've touched on there about probiotics. How do probiotics work specifically with hormone health? You talked about the link with gut and hormones. Are there ones that we should be looking at, perhaps, particularly for perimenopause or menopause? Yeah, so probiotics can help women going through the menopause for two reasons. So firstly, with regards to gut health, many women find that they tend to put on weight around the middle more easily around the menopause and some often suffer from increased bloating and sluggish bowel so that means they're probably not going to the toilet as much as they used to so this generally happens due to changes in our overall digestive function and fluctuating hormone levels i mean as we get older our digestive system just doesn't work as well as it did in our 20s and 30s and we now need to take action yeah, to actively boost our digestive health. So fluctuating hormone levels during the menopause may also directly affect our gut flora, having a negative effect on their ability to survive and populate in the gut. So therefore, making changes in our diet and lifestyle whilst also taking good quality probiotic is going to not only support our digestive system, but this is going to influence our overall health and well-being because we know what happens in the gut has an effect on how we feel on a day-to-day -day basis. And as Miguel says, the gut isn't like Vegas. What happens in the gut doesn't stay in the gut. So, you know, we, you know, we need to remember that our gut influences our overall health. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So, I mean, some of the things that I've been writing about and talking about recently are particular issues around the menopause time or perimenopause, and that's when we get changes in our pelvic health. 
Mm-hmm. And I think some women are surprised that actually they might have recurrent UTIs or cystitis, a sensitive bladder, things like bacterial vaginosis. You know, this can all really crop up from on average just of mid 40s onwards. And for some women, it can be ongoing, you know, right the way through into older yeah. age. So are there specific strains of bacteria that we should be looking out for that could help with this? Yeah, so you're right, Liz, there are these are really common symptoms during and after the menopause. So to help support vaginal health, you need to use specific strains that have been shown to reach and work in the vaginal tract. So before getting started, though, I just want to say it's really important to point out that a strain refers to the full name of a probiotic including those letters and numbers on the end okay so yeah let's 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 talk through that because i think you know as many of my listeners will be familiar with me talking about lactobacillus for example acidophilus family and then the bifido bugs am i right in saying that those tend to be the two main families that the lacto family and the bifido families yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, and there's a couple of strains that are really beneficial for vaginal health. So we've got the Lactobacillus ruteri RC14 and the Lactobacillus rhamnosus GR1. So they have been clinically trialled and shown to reach the vaginal tract alive. So, you know, a healthy, balanced vaginal flora is really, really important for intimate health. And just like the gut, the vagina is home to billions of bacteria and other microorganisms, some good, some bad, and, and some just neutral. Um, yes, it, what's really interesting is that um, in the vaginal flora, it's estimated that at least 95% of the normal vaginal flora should be made up of the lactobacillus bacteria. Wow, yeah, that's really interesting. So the, the, I'm familiar with uh, ruteri and rhamnosus um, as part of these strains. So are they only found then in the lactobacillus strain? Yeah, so both the lactobacillus ruteri RC14 and the lactobacillus rhamnosus are really good for supporting vaginal health. And those ones have been specifically clinically trialled to and proven to reach the vaginal tract. So, you know, if you're looking for something to support vaginal health, then we'd recommend looking for these particular strains. And how how do they support then the the vaginal tract? Because if you're taking them internally, presumably they're going through the gut. And we know that the gut is is such a a melting pot, literally, of these incredibly strong stomach acids, for example. How do they how do we know that they're going to get through to reach and affect other areas of the body like the pelvis? Yeah, so it's the way they work. So the lactobacilli are called lactobacilli because they produce lactic acid and it's this function that keeps our vagina's pH balance at a slightly acidic level and then this prevents the overgrowth of yeast, bad bacteria and other pathogenic organisms which survive in a more alkaline environment. So a really little fun fact for you is that the pH balance of a healthy vagina is usually around 4.5 which is the same as wine, tomatoes and beer. Wine, tomatoes and beer. Excellent. But presumably not, not for topical application. No, no, absolutely not. And in addition to the lactic acid, lactobacilli also produce hydrogen peroxide and other substances which can inhibit, can inhibit the growth of unfavourable or pathogenic strains of bacteria 
and yeast. So anything that upsets the delicate balance of the vaginal flora gives pathogens a chance to thrive and to cause intimate health infections. So um, an overgrowth of bad bacteria can happen for many reasons. So firstly, menopause due to the lack of lactobacilli available. And then there are other reasons, you know, such as sexual intercourse, high sugar diets, the use of perfumed body wash products, antibiotics, and even stress is a known trigger as well. Gosh, there's so much, isn't there, to think about. I remember back in the day, you know, first writing about things like thrush and infections like that and being told that, you know, a nice application of plain live yogurt yeah. would, would work wonders. I mean, presumably that's because it's got the lactobacillus bacteria in it. I mean, is is that still thought of as something helpful or is it better just to take supplements internally, you know, to swallow them? Well, I guess with a probiotic, you know that it's been clinically trialled for these kind of symptoms. So I would probably say um, a probiotic is going to be more effective than the yogurt. But, you know, I think the thing with the yogurt is very cooling and very soothing. So, you know, it might help to put it on and take a probiotic as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of double, double approach, if you like. Yeah. So if yeah, we're going to look really. for a probiotic, you know, specifically to help this area of female health, what kind of things are we looking for? Are we really looking for those two particular strains in a formulation? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So firstly, it's imperative to realise that not all probiotics are the same. So if you're looking for a product specific to support vaginal health, it's important to look for a probiotic that is specific for intimate flora. And, and also it's important to point out that more billions doesn't always mean better quality. Really? Yeah, so the billions counts aren't as important as finding those well-researched strains that target specific health concerns. And also having multiple strains doesn't also mean that it's better either. So, you know, it's really knowing what strain to look for. So I guess my recommendation when you're looking for a, a probiotic is to look for one that includes strains, including those important numbers at the end that meet your individual needs. And this also needs to be guaranteed to reach either the vagina or gut alive depending what area you're targeting and also you want well researched and clinically trialed strains that have great customer reviews yeah sure no always read the reviews I think that that's a really good point something that I learned recently which surprised me is that when we have a good probiotic supplement you know containing these beneficial bacteria it's not as if we're planting seeds that then stay forever in our garden that actually these bacteria, they do, to a certain extent, pass through our digestive tract and do some good on the way. But actually, they are things that we need to keep taking, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our microbiome is, is set from a very young age, and we can certainly influence it with diet and probiotics. But yeah, if you want to take specific strains that you, you know, want, if you're looking to target, you know, vaginal health, for example, you would want to take those specific strains because you know they're going to get to the areas that you're trying to target. Yeah, and you have to keep keep on taking them essentially because yeah. they're not just going to sort of you know take up roots and yeah. set up camp forever. You're yeah. actually going to have to keep them topped up. Yeah. If, if we're taking probiotics daily, so sorry to to cut across you there. If if we're taking probiotics daily, should we also be looking at our gut friendly foods? I mean, is this a question of, well, actually, you don't need to worry about eating fermented foods if you're also having a probiotic? Yeah, that's a good question. I think so with gut-friendly foods such as, you know, things like sauerkraut, kimchi and kefir, 
Um, they're great ways to enhance your overall gut health and well-being. However, I guess what you might not get with these gut-friendly foods that you will get from probiotics is that the, the bacteria reaches the gut alive. You know the product has been well-researched. And finally, if you check the strains used, you can be assured that they're going to target a specific health concern. But ultimately, what I would say is probiotics work best when they're used along a healthy, well-balanced diet. So it's perfectly fine to take a probiotic and consume those gut-friendly foods as well and include all of those into your daily routine. And what about antibiotics? A lot of um, comments I get on my social media say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm on antibiotics at the moment. And actually, you know, really perversely, obviously, a lot of antibiotics are prescribed for the very things that we're talking about, things like yeah. um, UTIs and bacterial vaginosis and that kind of thing. Is it is there any point in taking a probiotic if we're also taking an antibiotic? Yeah, definitely, because there are um, some probiotics that you can take alongside um, an antibiotic as well. And you're right, it's really common for women to experience a higher incident of UTIs and other vaginal infections when they're either going through or have gone through the menopause. And this generally occurs because of the drop in oestrogen um, and changes in the populations of our vaginal flora, which can make women just unfortunately more vulnerable to infections. Also, I guess with antibiotics, we know that they diminish both good and bad bacteria, which can then lead to this reoccurring UTI. Oh, it's like, it's, it's like a double whammy, isn't it? You yeah. Know, you, you have a UTI, so you talk to your, your doctor and your doctor says, oh, yes, you've got an infection. Here's some antibiotics. And then you're, you're wiping out so many of the good bugs that are actually your defence force that are naturally going to fight off the infection making you more prone to have a repeated recurrence so yeah so but but, but, but so, so like bottom line is, is that you are fine if you're on antibiotics you're not going to wipe out the effectiveness of the antibiotic by taking a probiotic is that right yeah that's so when you take an um a probiotic with an antibiotic there's there's a couple of things to consider so the first thing is some probiotics can be taken alongside the medication whereas other probiotics might need to be taken one to two hours away from the medication so just be yeah just be sure to check that before using them and the reason is is because the medication for example the antibiotics might damage the delicate nature of the probiotics right really good point so if, if that's the case for anybody listening and you are actively on antibiotics at the moment and you want yeah. to do your gut a favor then you know have your probiotics but as you say take them several hours apart to, yeah. to give them the best chance of survival i would just check the packaging because like i say some can be taken quite happily alongside the probiotics whereas others might need to be taken you know one to two hours away really interesting any other sort of developments in probiotic health around pelvic health issues i'm hearing a lot about the role of postbiotics mm. you know we've we've been talking about here on my podcast about prebiotics which are all those lovely foods that feed our garden and obviously we've talked about probiotics which are the actual bacterias what about postbiotics how how do they fit in do you think yeah so it's really interesting i guess that the research on post Biotics is still fairly limited because the science is still in its infancy, but it's really exciting with early research suggesting that they may help to support a healthy and diverse digestive system, whilst also helping maintain a great healthy immune system as well. So 
I guess the question is, what are they? So in a nutshell, a great way to describe postbiotics is the result of all the good work that the probiotics have done. So it's almost like the goods created at the end. So they certainly sound really interesting. I guess my only bit of caution would be is that they're fairly new and the research is limited. So if you are looking to support your gut health, my advice would be to first eat a well balanced and diverse diet, you know, take a a probiotic that's been clinically trialed and also the thing with postbiotics is it, they're found in foods that have been fermented by live bacteria so again the gut friendly foods the kefir the sauerkraut the yogurt so you can you know have a little bit of postbiotics in those foods if that's you know the route you want to take mm, really interesting claire thank you so much we've always learned so much on these podcasts talking to experts who make this their life's work so we're really grateful for you coming on and sharing that oh it's my pleasure it's been my pleasure thank you for having me well, I loved hearing more about this from Claire, and I shall try and remember my smashing fish. Can you remember? What was it? Salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardine and herrings. Yeah, there you go. Smash. And of course, if you're looking for a reliable probiotic for women's health, like the kind that we've been discussing, one of my genuine favourites is the Octobac for Women supplement. And we do have a very special Liz Loves discount code here. Yes, wave the flags. Uh, this gets us a very generous 20% off this specific supplement. So that's not across the whole Octobac range. That is just for the Octobac for Women. And it doesn't apply to their subscriptions. But it does apply to all their single packs and multi-packs. So if you want to stock up, that's certainly what I've done. You need to use Liz Loves. It's all in capitals, all one word. And you can use that on their website, which is optibacprobiotics.com forward slash UK to get to their British website. That's optibacprobiotics.com forward slash UK. That is their website. And that is active between now, if you're listening to me in real time on my Friday, and the 28th of March. So you've got a month. So maybe, you know, try some, get a pack to try if you've not tried it before. And then before the offer expires, make a little diary note to go and stock up. Well worth having. I shall certainly be stocking up. Well, before I go, just time for a few reviews and thank yous. Clicking onto iTunes here. Um, picked up a couple of lovely comments. Uh, this one from the 17th of Feb from Rachel, who says, I found your podcast after hearing you feature on The Doctor's Kitchen. That's another great podcast. Uh, since the beginning of January, I have binge listened and finally caught up today when you released a podcast with Dr. Rupi. I've loved listening to all of them. I've made lots of notes of things to go back and research further and will be definitely heading to my doctor for HRT when the time comes in the not too distant future. Thanks so much for sharing the knowledge and expertise of both you and your guest. That's a real pleasure. How interesting that you found me through another podcast. Um, love being on The Doctor's Kitchen. Actually, if you want to take a listen to that, that's slightly different because I talk a little bit about my entrepreneurial journey as a brand founder. Another review here left on the 19th of Feb by CD72, who says... Uh, trusted information, engaging and always learning new things. Thank you, Liz, your team and your fascinating guests for your time in researching and delivering these informative podcasts. You are very welcome, CD72. 
uh, thank you for taking the time to leave a review. Much appreciated. And thank you, as always, for the five-star review ratings. Gosh, we've got over 900 now. Um, I really do appreciate you clicking that little five-star button at the end of this podcast. Thank you very much indeed. I hope you're enjoying the new series, by the way, of the main Lizard Wellbeing Show podcast. We launched back on the airwaves last week with the Dr. Rupee podcast of the Doctor's Kitchen fame and a very popular episode already if you haven't yet tuned in to hear that one. And this week I was really pleased to be joined by Emma Bezik talking about the future of genetic testing. Yeah, everything that I've been talking about here, the importance of vitamins, nutrients, how they work in the body is key and our genetics, the identification of how our genes are working is really what it's all about. That is the bottom line. How do you know what vitamins you need and which ones your body is processing? Well, you can take an educated guess going by how you feel, but ultimately bottom line is what are your genes influencing? Well, there's more on that in the new issue of the Lazar Wellbeing magazine, which is just out now. So it should be hitting your doormats any day if you are a magazine subscriber. Do look at the interview that I have written there with Emma Bezik, my lovely health and beauty writer, actually Ellie Smith interviewed Emma and we talk about it in the magazine. Plus I also talk about my own nutrigenomic test and experience because it's just so fascinating. And Emma has given us a really good discounted deal on the nutrigenomic test. This is the one that I've taken. This is the one that I've actually given to my family as well, because they have been just such an eye opener for everybody. So do take a listen to this podcast. And if you want to go with it, you can get 15% off at Nutri Genomics for their testing. This is a special offer that Emma has done just for my listeners here and for magazine readers. And it includes a consultation, you get your report, your test, etc. Normally you have to go through a practitioner to get that, but she has arranged this just for us and given us a Liz Loves discount on top. So check it out. If you want to, you just have to go to the Liz Our Wellbeing website. If you look at the Liz Loves section, check out where it talks about Life Code GX. So Life Code GX, that is the magic ticket for Nutri Genomics. And then just use your Liz Loves code to get 15% off that special set. So it's a really good listen. I hope you enjoy it. Do let me know. As always, you can leave me comments on my social media channels. These include Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, iTunes, specifically for podcast listeners on Apple. Well, thank you to all those who have done this. There are some really interesting comment and discussion threads now happening, particularly on the Lizard Wellbeing YouTube channel, especially on my menopause film clips. So thank you for these. Do keep them coming more on that very soon. But that is it from me for now. Wishing you a very happy weekend and a healthy, happy week ahead. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go well. Bye bye.